0: Hello there, and welcome to the No Longer Be Children podcast. I'm your host Josiah Meyer, and we are in pursuit of a mature and stable Christian worldview. And today, um, I just took my car to the mechanic, and while I was there, somebody asked um, asked me a question. We, we had a little chat, and then he left, and then he came back, and he said, "I got to ask you a question." Um, having this Bible study, and there's this girl that asked this question, and we went around and around the discussion, and nobody can answer it really struggling with it, and what do you think? And uh, so I gave him my two cents on it, and then um, we kind of went round and round a little bit, and then he said, well, if you could maybe write me something, or call us, or something, and so I said, well, maybe on the ride home I'll, I'll record a podcast for you guys, and then you can listen to it. So uh, here's the here's the big question, is if Jesus dealt with sin, then why is there still sin in the world? And that's a pretty solid question. Um, After all, you know, Jesus is God. Jesus came, he dealt with sin. Uh, He's powerful enough to wipe it off the face of the earth. Um, There's nothing more powerful than God dying for us to deal with sin. So why is there still sin in the world? And why are people still going to hell? And why are people still doing bad things? Um, Why is there still sin in the world? So uh, the way I would answer this is... uh, sometimes let me just say this it's always more work to answer a question than it is to ask it and sometimes there's no way to answer a question except doing the hard work of having a big explanation so i hope you'll be patient with me as i back up and try and lay a bit of a foundation for a larger explanation to this question Uh, and this illustrates how um, theology is good for us. Sometimes we get afraid of theology or think theology is bad or think philosophy is bad. But we need to have the tools to ask big questions about God. Um, Maybe not all the time. Maybe not right away. Maybe, you know, um, there is something to be said about a simple faith. Just sit and read your Bible. Just uh, ask Jesus into your heart uh, and don't ask too many big questions. And yet, sooner or later, the big questions are going to come up. And when they do... Uh, we do need to have uh, big theological answers for them. So, that being said, um, let me ask you a question. Can God do anything? What is this? So, we could ask the question can God do anything He wants? Now, of course, God, the, the, the Reaction: The answer that most Christians will give you is yes, of course. God can do anything He wants. God can do anything. He is all powerful. He can do anything. But actually, biblically, I would say no. I don't think God can do anything. For one thing, if you look at the scriptures, uh, God cannot lie, and God cannot uh, sin or be tempted by sin. So there are certain things that are outside of His nature. Uh, it's not in my nature to fly. It's not in my nature to. Uh, be able to pass through walls as sound can it's not in my nature to um, be able to survive in outer space etc and um, it's not in my nature to always do the right thing every time either which is another subject and it's not in God's nature to be able to sin or to be tempted by sin Uh, so there's some things that God cannot do also in God there is no variation or shifting of shadow God doesn't change. His character doesn't change. Um, Those are scriptural answers to the question. Philosophically or logically, we would say also that God cannot do something that is illogical or self-contradictory. He cannot create, for example, a square circle. God could create a circular object or He could create a triangular object. But He can't create a, a triangular circle. That's a contradiction in terms. Uh, the, in the act of creating, he's limiting himself by creating this and not that. And so, now we get back closer to our question. Could God create free will creatures with no sin? It seems as though the answer is no. If God's going to create free will, he's also going to create the possibility of sin. God's, God does not create sin. He does not tempt towards sin. But he created free will, which is good. It's good to have free will. Without free will, you can't have true love. Without free will, you can't have true worship. Without free will, you can't have meaningful relationships where people choose to be in the relationship and choose to love and, and to enjoy one another freely. So free will is a good thing. But also, if there is free will, and if it's really free, there's going to be the possibility of sin. And so... Um, Once there is sin, and you go back to to Genesis 3, uh, how sin entered the world, um, Adam and Eve had the possibility of sinning or not sinning, but after they sinned, their descendants have a tendency towards sin, which is called original sin. In Romans 5, it talks about how all the descendants of Adam are influenced by Adam's decision. We have this tendency towards sin. Um, Psalm 51 talks about, In sin I was conceived, in sin my mother uh, bore me. Um, Talking about how we have this irresistible pull towards sin. And we all see this, we all live this, we don't know anybody that's sinless, uh, and we certainly wouldn't claim of ourselves that we are without sin. We have this pull towards sin. Uh, And once we are pulled, we sin, and then we we are responsible for our sin, because we have free will. If we didn't have free will, it'd be simple. It'd be easy. Um... But God chose to create creatures that have free will. Because there's free will, there's sin in the equation. Now what did Jesus do when he died? He didn't come to take away our free will. Uh, Nowhere in scriptures does it say that as even an option. That's not on the table for God. He created creatures with free will, and he said it is very good. Uh, After God created all of creation, he said it is good, it is good, it is good made the birds, made the fish, made the sea, made the trees, said it is good. Then he created man in his own image and he said it is very good. God wants us to have free will. God wants us to be made in his image, able to decide, able to choose, including the choice to sin. And God doesn't want to take that away. Rather, what he wants to do is to redeem us. Redemption means um, you know, buying back or, or bringing back to how things should be. He wants to remake us. And so how does he do this? He comes to die in our place. We deserve to die. Just as in the Old Testament, um, you, would, you would put your, head, your, your hands on the head of a lamb, and the guilt would transfer from you to the lamb, and the lamb would die in your place. Similar concept to buying insurance. When you get in an accident, boom you're guilty, except that you have insurance. So the guilt of that passes to somebody else. So when Jesus died on the cross, it's as though the guilt of our sin can pass, important word here, it can pass from us to Jesus. Um, He made a way of escape. It says in one one verse. There is a way of salvation. Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but should have eternal life. It doesn't say God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that nobody would perish ever again but that whoever uh, should whoever should believe in him uh, would not perish. So there needs to be that choice. There's a way of salvation uh, but you need to choose to enter into it. And Jesus said um, strive to enter in by the narrow gate For the way is broad uh, that leads to destruction. Many there are who go that way. Uh, But the way is narrow and small that leads to salvation. So strive to enter through the narrow gate. Uh, There is a narrow gate that leads to salvation. Similarly to how in the Old Testament there was uh, a plague, an epidemic of snakes. Not an epidemic, but a... there were a bunch of snakes. I don't know what the word is for a bunch of snakes. <laughs> uh, but they were biting people. People were dying. And the Israelites were. And so God provided a way of salvation. And it, he just told uh, Moses to create uh, a bronze snake and then lift it up. And anybody that looked at the bronze snake would be saved. Now, looking at a snake is not uh, what we call a meritorious action. Merit meaning you know, you're, you're earning something, you're, you're uh, developing something. Uh, such as um, uh, a meritorious action might be uh, laying down your life for somebody else, or um, doing good to somebody else, loving somebody. Um, These are all ways we might expect to earn our salvation, to to put ourselves right with God. Um, But in this case, there is no meritorious action. It's just looking at the snake. That's all you're doing, turning from, from where you are and looking. At the snake and putting your confidence, I mean, I guess putting your confidence in the snake that it's going to heal you. But that wasn't actually required. All that was required was just to look at it. And as many as looked at it were healed of the effects of the snake venom. And that's meant as a symbol for us that there is a way of salvation. Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. When he was lifted up on the cross, that was providing us a symbol or rather the snake on the cross was a symbol beforehand of what Jesus would do when we look to Jesus we put our faith in him we say Jesus please forgive me for my sins then at that moment our sins transfer from our account over to Jesus account it's like an insurance policy that we buy after the fact I smashed my car into a telephone pole Uh, I was texting on my phone or whatever it's totally my fault got no excuse call up the insurance company and say hey man Can you please insure me for the accident that I just had? And they would say, no, of course not. That's crazy. But in our case, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we can say, Jesus, would you please pay for what I did? All the sins of my life, even the ones I haven't committed yet, would you pay for all that? And Jesus says, yes. I've been waiting for you to say that. All you need to do is ask. All you need to do is look. All you need to do is come to me. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So why in the world doesn't Jesus just do this to everybody? Just save everybody? I hope by now you can kind of see why that would be impossible. Because salvation requires a conscious choice. God isn't in the business of overruling our free will. Jesus, the the Bible says that, uh, uh, and by the way, you know, Um, You can Google all these things. Go to Bible Gateway for any of these verses and just type in the words I'm saying and it'll come up to you as the Bible verse. Um, I don't have time to look them all up for you. Um, But uh, God does not desire for anyone to perish but for all to come to repentance. But he wishes for them to come to repentance. And first, it says in Romans 9, they need to have somebody to preach the message to them. If, If people don't hear the good news, if people don't have the message preached to them, they can't get saved. That's one thing. Another thing, once they hear it, they need to choose to be saved. They need to choose to turn from their sin. They need to believe They need to understand who God is, who Jesus is, and they need to choose um, to lay their confidence on Jesus uh, and not put their confidence either in their own works, their own efforts to be good, or in a different God or a different religion. Now I think the question is, well, why did God make it so difficult? Um, If he wants people to be saved so badly, then why did he make it so difficult to get saved? And I think that the answer to that is, it just is difficult. Um, It's difficult to get a free will creature to come to the place of repentance. And this is what God is about. God is about creating free creatures who are able to love him, who are also able to sin and to reject him and to hate him. And then he is in the business of going to these free will creatures who have rejected him, who do hate him, who are running away from him. As it says in Isaiah, all of us have turned away like sheep. All of us have have, uh, turned away. Um, There is none righteous, no, not one. Even our righteous deeds, uh, it says later in Isaiah, uh, have become like an unclean garment and our iniquities like the wind blow us away. We're all in the state of rejecting God, rebelling against God. Uh, we all deserve to be judged by God as sinners because that's what we are. And nobody I know even denies that. We all agree that we are sinners, that we that we mess up, that we make mistakes, that we uh, do wrong. And God is in the business of chasing after us, pursuing us, and um, redeeming us through the sacrifice of his son. And we might say, well, there could have been a better way. There could have been a more efficient way. Maybe God could have written it across the stars. Maybe he could have, you know, sent angels or something. And other ways of evangelizing, this, this is getting into another question, I guess. Other ways of evangelizing, we can imagine, may have been more effective. But on the other hand, um, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody in the world today that hasn't heard about Jesus. Um, it's, we're getting up to a third of the world's population today would say that they are Christian. Uh, and so I'm not sure that, you know, and we don't have God access to God's perspective to know what options he had, uh, but he has chosen to entrust the task to us to share the gospel with other people, to share the, the message of salvation with other people. So that in brief is uh, an answer to the question of why, if Jesus died to get rid of sin, why is there still sin in the world? The answer is free will. Um, We freely freely choose sin. God's not about to take free will away from us. And so the only way that sin can be dealt with, yes, there is a way of salvation. Can you just imagine um, if there was no way of salvation and people would come to the same place of saying, I'm a sinner. My good deeds aren't good enough. There's nothing I can do. I want to turn from my sin. I want... I want to have a new life I I want a a blank slate but there was nowhere to go wouldn't that be a terrible thing it'd be like you know being bitten by a snake being out there in the desert and saying I don't want to die but there's nowhere to turn God has made a way of salvation where all we have to do when we get to that place and that, that place is so important to get to that place of saying I'm done with this I don't want to live for sin I don't want to live for myself um I'm sorry for the bad things I've done. I want to be forgiven. I want to have a blank slate. When we get to that point, there is a place to turn of salvation. But we need to turn. And so that's what it comes down to, is without um, the turning, without the repentance, there isn't salvation. And uh, God isn't going to force that on anybody. So I hope that has been helpful. And... um, This is Josiah Meyer signing off for the No Longer Be Children podcast. If you want to listen to more podcasts, find the podcast on the iTunes store. And uh, there's lots of interesting subjects that we deal with all the time. Have a good day. Bye.